0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
1: Hey y'all, glory, glory to the Georgia Show. Welcome in, I'm Wes Blankenship. Jake Rowe and Jeremy Johnson welcome in my man Jeremy has made our roster as a full-time member of Dogs HQ and this is his Georgia show live show debut I'm pretty sure we played snips and clips from you around signing day but Jeremy welcome in man
2: I appreciate y'all for having me I'm excited I'm excited to get going and definitely uh enjoy enjoy what you guys are doing on this show in particular so
1: likewise sir so You caught up with a couple of Georgia prospects commits at a big media day today for high school kids, not college football media day, high school football media day. And I got to tell you, man, I've been to this event in years past and it's just blown up. What was the scope of what you covered today? Who'd you talk to and what'd you take away from it?
2: Um, There was a lot of, a lot of guys. There was a lot of people. I mean, there were times where I looked in the room, I'm like, who are some of these teams? Because it's I think there was a hundred schools, maybe close to it, if not more. Um, that showed up. It was it was it was a big event. Definitely, definitely has gone from this to, to like this in a very short period of time. So definitely shout out to those guys for, for everything they did to put that together. It was definitely worth it, worth the trip for that.
1: So uh, I see front and center there, Dylan Riola. He is, as we understand it, obviously going to play for Buford, but he showed up for media day and he's heading right back out to Texas to train. What did you hear from the top quarterback in the class uh, about his transition to Georgia and what he's looking forward to with the dogs?
2: Yeah. Heard a lot of good stuff about him today. He seems really comfortable with Buford. There's guys on their team that is already kind of saying he has the hold of that offense, which is, He's he got there maybe three weeks ago now, and he's already got the offense down. He's bonded with those guys. They all seem to really like him. I mean, every every group of Buford players you see together, he's right there at the center of it. And uh, they they stick they you know they they spoke really highly of him today. I think that's going to be a good fit for him. Um, yeah, I and mean, then as far as like his recruitment and him going over to Texas, he will. He will not be there this weekend. He, you know, he says he'll be kind of plugged in and still talking to the guys and everything. But, you know, he's kind of going out there to kind of make that last little checkup and tweak a few things to get ready for the season and, you know, get get some of his mechanic stuff cleaned up a little bit. And that's
1: pretty normal, Row. I mean, even, even in high school, I mean, for a kid of that caliber, he's getting as much work in as he possibly can, right?
0: yeah i mean you know i think there was there was i wouldn't call it hand ring there was a little bit of concern over that um but i will say this i mean it's once the season starts that's done like that's you know there there's not really gonna be another chance to you know to go and and get those you know fine point uh uh you know sessions in i mean he's gonna have practice he's gonna be game planning every week he's gonna have all those other things he needs to get going and um i think you know if you're gonna do it if you're gonna go back home and uh, you know because he did spend a lot of time in texas his family moved out there when his uh, sister started attending tcu uh, i assume that's where his quarterback coach is and he's gonna go out there and you know probably do some footwork stuff probably do some arm slot stuff and uh, i would imagine probably spend the better part of a day maybe two days um I know some folks were saying, well, isn't Buford practicing? Probably not on the weekend, you know, probably not on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and um, good opportunity for him to get better. And I, I would honestly, I would bet that Georgia encouraged it. Uh, I'm sure they would love to have him there and his prowess there as a recruiter. Um, but also they still have to commit more resources to kind of uh, you know, show them around and have somebody committed to them, um, in, in terms of the, the riolas, so to speak. Um, you know to kind of you know have them you know they're still a recruit you, you can't just kind of let that go by the wayside you take a risk doing that um, so ultimately I think that this is probably something that works out you know pretty well for Raola and in and, and a way works out pretty well for Georgia too.
1: Uh, Jeremy you have a uh, exclusive piece of a DogsHQ.com. I don't want to ruin any exclusive info that you put in there but fans are going to want to know what was the vibe around KJ Bolden today. Ryle was being for teammate.
2: <laughs> yeah, he – uh, the vibe was that Florida State is definitely a real, real, real contender for K. Wow. He actually put words to some of these rumors, some of these speculations that we've had. He put, put words on it today. He said – essentially he said he's grown up a Florida State fan. He's grown up, you know, loving that university. And when they started putting the hammer down for him in his recruitment – it kind of made him you know do a little pause and he's he's really starting to look at it and he even went as far as saying that he had a team in mind and he had a a decision kind of thought he thought that he had made and then you know he had a conversation with the coach and it changed things for him a little um you know i think i i don't feel like you know it's 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 a home run one way or the other right now um i do know that he is very you know, he's, I think he's still really, kind of conflicted about where to go at this point and just talking to him. You know, one thing I kept hearing from Georgia, something that I did not hear, you know, about about Georgia, that I did not hear from other, about other programs with him is that how much Kirby Smart is involved in recruiting him. That was something that he brought up multiple times that he did not bring up with other programs is that the head coaches involved recruiting him. I thought that was an interesting nugget taken out of what I talked to him today about him, you know, obviously in the Florida state piece, he, he really put words to it today for me. Yeah.
1: Kirby, uh, Kirby doesn't play around, man. And I don't even know if it's just for top profile guys like Bolden. He's just, he's just a natural at it. And, you know, it, it's not that every head coach needs to be great at it. Um, certainly you have different approaches to it. Like, Jim Harbaugh um spending the night you know at, at a prospects house uh Nick Saban dancing and doing the electric slide or whatever he does uh Jim I saw a picture of Jimbo Fisher man he looked like he was just kind of lounging around in his his loungewear bringing some top prospects in but Kirby's a little bit smoother than that but it's still crazy you know I remember this Florida State buzz Around Travis Hunter and obviously it was kind of smoke and mirrors there's still a little bit of that polish still left on the Florida State program even though they haven't really been relevant for almost a decade now I mean it's just crazy to see that FSU kind of still has that brand name still a threat for Georgia right now it seems like
0: man when when you look at a recruitment like this though guys I mean, I think we've probably all followed recruiting long enough. It's – I don't fault the kids for it. This is a fun moment. This is kind of a – they're in control of this probably more than they'll be in control of anything until they become a pro one day. Um, I got a team in my head. There was a conversation. You're kind of just – Saying things, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that is in such a way that's like, oh, KJ is looking for attention. I don't care if he is or he isn't. I don't think he is. If he is, great. That doesn't bother me. He's 17 years old. He's handling this a million times than I ever would have. I'm sure I would have been geeked up and acting like an idiot every chance I got. I'd be in
1: jail, stupid about it.
0: But ultimately, you know, I think that this is it is a game. It's a game with us. It's not a game with the staffs. They've probably got a good idea about what's going to happen. And if this was signed sealed, delivered, you know, one way or the other, somebody would be saying it. I like where Georgia is. I've liked where Georgia is for a long time, and it's not just because Georgia is has been in this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, I mean, listen, the whole the whole thing at Ohio State with Perry Eliano, I get that that's his cousin. I mean, good gracious, guys. He found out like two months ago that that was his cousin. Right. I mean, it's not like they go way, way, way back and they've loved each other for a long time. And that's favorite cousin. I mean, that probably is now. And it's probably a cool little deal. If he goes to Ohio State, it'll be fun. You know, it'd be fun thing to follow for for the Ohio State fans for sure. Um, You know, Florida State, dream school, kind of Johnny come lately in the recruiting recruitment. Can they get there? I don't know. But I will say this. I mean, Kirby Smart doesn't. He doesn't miss much when he, you know, kind of you know, straps on the tool belt and starts tacking on the nails. You know, like he's he just doesn't miss much. And and I'm not saying that he won't here, but, um, you know, I, I like where George is in his recruitment. And I, I think this kid, man, I think what ultimately needs to be said here is because we lose sight of this during recruitments. We lose sight of this, well, hey, there's this thing, and he's a five-star, and we want to get him in his perception in his Beaufort High School. he's He's a guy that can wear a lot of hats for George. And I think Jeremy has spoken to this, too. I mean, he could play corner. Um, he could definitely play star. He could be an elite safety. I mean, this cat, if he really, really wanted to, and if Georgia would let him, could probably be a big-time wideout. So, I mean, what what's on the line here is an extremely good football player, and I think that needs to be a point out. Is that going to make or break Georgia's class? Absolutely not. We learned that earlier this week. Um, you know, Georgia – uh, earlier today and earlier this week, Georgia lost the five-star linebacker. They got another one two days before that. So, um, you know, Georgia's going to be fine, but uh, they'll be better if they get K.J. Bolden.
2: Yeah, and just, just to tack on to what you're saying, just, you know, I'm I'm of the thinking as well, like, that Georgia is – like, I don't think Florida State's jumped up and surpassed Georgia. It's more of a interesting storyline. It's kind of come out of nowhere, and it's kind of fun. And you're right, I do think it's more – you know, just just kind of hearing some of the stuff he said. You know that will I will reveal throughout. You know my coverage of him over the next week or so. But like there are some stuff that he says that kind of just say. You know I'm really looking at. You know Georgia as a. You know there's a lot of. You know development that happens there. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to this guy that isn't necessarily just about the whole. You know I love my dream school, but to me there's always a but at the end of it. And I do think he could, you know, he could do anything he wants to, as far as where he plays. I mean, he said today that he's going, he's been working on playing corner. He's been working on playing the star and he wants to play. He can play safety and he's, I mean, he's going to play some receiver. And I mean, I've even seen Buford put him in the backfield. So, I mean, like you said, Jake, that that, this is a very good football player. Does it break, make a break Georgia class? No, no, it doesn't. But, you can't you can't tell a guy like this no when when he's you know gonna come in your door and help your football team
1: and he can pass <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, a lot hey, that's of good the Sarah updates.
1: McLaughlin
0: song that's the Sarah McLaughlin song you'd want to be played right now you don't want the I will remember you or no, you don't want arms that of one. an angel uh you know those are, those are a little too sad uh you don't want <laughs> that to be a a forerunner to this thing
1: no that should be nowhere near Georgia's 2024 class uh some great updates From Jeremy in this piece over at DogsHQ.com. If you're not signed up as a premium member, you're missing out. Justice Terry, Sammy Brown with some quotes, uh, some 2025 talent, and Jeremy also caught up with Edric Houston. Don't write him off just yet. DogsHQ.com. Over in the fan comments here, Rhett Womack wants to know, how confident are we that we get one of the three of these guys here? Uh...
2: to your happy place for a happy price Go to your happy price price line
0: won't you go first jeremy um, uh, I'd love to hear what you got to say we're gonna go percentages which one do you how confident are you that Georgia is just gonna get one of them
2: I'm very confident they'll get one of them they'll, I am too I think I think they will get one of those guys and I I'm almost 50 50 I don't know that they'll get two. So, yeah um, yeah
0: I, I think there's a very real shot at two as well I'm with you I think one is there um, I think they would love nothing more to get all three they will not get all three like that if you want to say the one thing if you say hey tell me what you're most confident about those three guys Georgia will not get all three um, mm-hmm. that's just that's just not happening but I think there's a very good chance that I think there there's I would I would bet really good money you know, i have this saying, you know, I'd bet all I've got and as, as much as I could borrow. Um, I wouldn't quite do that. Maybe bet just all I've got. I probably wouldn't borrow the extra. I might need that if I lost what I got. But uh, I would I would bet everything I've got that they'll get one or most of what I got. They'll get one. And I think, like you said, I think there's a good chance, a very real chance that they'll get um, two of that three. Um, but um, as of right now, if I had to put my you know if I had to put my finger on it, I would say they get one of Aiden Breland. And Williams, uh, one, one area. Um, and then, you know, Breland is I don't see him in this class right now, but I also never count George out for a guy like that.
1: I mean, look, one out of three isn't bad out of that crew. When Ari um number one on the D line, number three nationally, according to the on-three industry ranking. Breland, number six at the D-line position, twenty-six nationally, and McCray Ninth at the position 46 nationally A uh, four star there So if Georgia can get Just one out of three there Pretty solid stuff All right, guys This is the first time We've been live Since Justin Williams Committed to the dogs And we mentioned uh, Marcus Riddick Dropping out of his commitment To Georgia And flipping to Auburn Let's get some quick thoughts On Justin Williams While we're live here Now that it's kind of Settled down And we all know that he is firmly committed to the dogs. Row, you caught up with him on Bark After Dark. That was a great show. What was your main takeaway from uh, any availabilities y'all have had with him?
0: I think Georgia really connected with him on what, what they can do for him. Um, you know, I think if he had have followed his heart and he had been emotional about the decision, I think he probably would have gone to Oregon. Um, Dan Lanning is a super good guy, man. I mean, you talk to everybody in the Georgia program that had any sort of interaction with him. Everybody loves him. Um, He built a great relationship there. But I think Georgia kind of sold him on, listen, dude, come play out inside linebacker at Georgia and and just be a next in the great line because he's a special football player. Uh, And I also want to say, as far as my opinion of Justin Williams, Justin Williams, dog. um, That's just – that's what he is. He is an absolute beast. I, I mean, I know a lot of folks are like, well, this class last year, our man Rusty Mansell. I think Rusty might give me some blowback on this. Um, and I wish we had him on here. Me and him would go skipping skipping. Uh, Stephen A. old school. Um, I, I'd take Justin Williams over anybody who were just signed in a very, very long time at inside linebacker.
2: Wow. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jake. Um, I've, I've only ever seen this guy's huddle. I've never seen him in person like I have some of the other guys. But just watching him on tape, watching some of the things he's able to do, You know, it's been a while since George has had a guy like this that can just flow sideline to sideline and just just rake tackles up doing it all. He can do it all day. You don't have to take him off the field. He can cover. He's not he's going to be big enough in a year or two to to take on some of those running backs and guards. And I don't know if we use fullbacks anymore, but if we did, he'd be able to handle them as well. So, um, yeah, I wish we did. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm completely on board with this guy being you know a big time player It'd be
0: wild if georgia can pair him up with uh Raylan wilson for Absolutely. a couple of seasons i Absolutely. mean or for just at least one season I'm not, i think that's got a chance to be the most talented linebacker tandem in georgia history because I, I mean i listen I'm, i think the world Rayland wilson cj allen troy bowls um you know i mean we we're i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about inside linebackers but uh you know, I mean, listen, like I said, man, like I told uh, Georgia fans, I was like, hey, here's your uh, here's your built in thing. You got the number one linebacker recruited now to all your Auburn fans and Alabama fans running to a family reunion work gas station, um, you know, cousins marriage, whatever, um, you know, uh, maybe cousins getting married for talking about that state. But it. it now you just say, "Hey, he decommitted because we got Justin Williams." You know, Demarcus Riddick decommitted because Georgia got Justin Williams. That's uh, that's not true, but but you can use it. You know, that's that's ammo, and uh, all is fair at a wedding reception.
2: <laughs> that's
1: funny.
0: Wes. I think you muted my man.
1: Oh yeah, never. <laughs> you never know when those huddle ads are going to pop up and bite you. I you said, really never don't, let the man. facts get in the way of a good recruiting story or narrative. Um. Somebody asked. Here we got uh Quaylen Taylor. Do you think Justin Williams will make an immediate impact going into the 2024 season as a freshman? I'm gonna say no, and that's just because you, when you look at this position, it's like playing quarterback on the football field. And in Kirby Smart's defense, that's very demanding. That's a very demanding role. I'm not saying he won't play. I'm not saying he won't show up and. Uh, get some time on special teams and you know maybe late in some blowouts. But unless Georgia needs him to, I don't expect him to immediately make a huge impact. And my point of reference is the player that so many people compare Justin Williams to is Roquan Smith. He came out of high school as one of the best prospects in the country at that position. And as a freshman still the most he could show up on the field and really start to make some of his hay was on special teams. Even as talented as he ended up being Buckus award-winning linebacker, even he was not able as a true freshman to just come out there and start busting heads. So that's my prediction. Maybe you guys are a little bit more bullish on him than, than I am, but that's what I would say uh, in regards to his prospects as a true freshman.
0: Well, I mean, you know, you look at that last year's class and Raylan Wilson, C.J. Allen, that's going to make it a little tougher. Um, who leaves, who stays. I think that's a factor too. But one thing I'll say about this guy that separates him from Roquan Smith, I think they're very similar talent-wise. But Roquan Smith was a receiver running back, did this, did that. I mean, this cat right here, and you see it with uh, with um, Joseph Jonah Janye in the same, you know, clips here. These good dudes get to play one side of the ball, and he's an off ball linebacker with some experience of safety. But this is he'll be going into his second year as kind of an off ball middle linebacker, go get it guy. There's a comfortability that comes with play in that position um, that that a lot of guys don't. Like, you flip on Channing Tindall's tape, a lot of people want to compare him to Channing Tindall. Well, Channing Tindall was playing a five technique or sometimes even a four technique in a in an odd front, in a three-man front at, at the high school level uh, up until his senior year. Then then they kind of just wound him up and turned him loose. Um, this guy right here is advanced when it comes to reading keys. Raylan Wilson is too, uh, you know, so that's, that's another guy that – is kind of going to be ahead of the game. I think that might give him a chance to play early. He'll make an impact on special teams, though. Uh, like, like this guy over here said about his um, about uh, his nickname. We gave him the nickname the other night on on Bark After Dart. We called him the Dentist because he, he will <laughs> remove teeth one day, and uh, he'll probably do a little of that on special teams when he gets to Georgia.
1: Yeah, he'll make some people taste their own teeth.
2: Yeah,
1: um, let's not let's not gloss over the uh, the commitment of. Marcus Riddick and the flip to Auburn. We haven't really spoken much about him because it's just been such a foregone conclusion that he was going to flip. But what's Georgia missing out on with
2: Riddick going to Auburn? Um, I mean, they I mean, he can he's really good in coverage. He was a former safety. You know, I think, you know, honestly just Justin Williams kind of replaces him nearly I mean, he literally just slides out, and Justin does a lot of the same things, you know, in my opinion. Um, they're pretty high, pretty close in size, you know, physical traits, physical speed, you know. I think a lot of the same things. I mean, think Justin may be a little more physical right now, but, I mean, they kind of replaced the guy almost. Yeah, um, and listen,
0: Auburn got a good player. Auburn got a really good player. Auburn got a player that Georgia would love to have. I don't think Georgia's going to really, like, miss him. You know, I mean, I don't think it's going to be one of those things. that's like, man, this sucks. This is really bad. This kind of tanks your, you know, your linebacker class. Um, it's not going to do that. Georgia got Justin Williams, and, and that's a big player. And I would take Justin Williams over to Marcus Reddick. But make no mistake, Georgia would love to have him. Um, and, and listen, I know there are a lot of people like on this kid because of uh, what he had to say about why he flipped. And and he said, you know, listen, you can go to Georgia and you can go to Alabama, and they're winning, and they're doing big things. But I, you know, I can come to Auburn. I can play early, and I can be a part of something that, that I can be a part of the change. I can be a part of, you know, kind of getting this thing turned around. I don't know, man. I kind of respect that. I think that's pretty cool. You know, I think it's like, um, you know, any any good pickup basketball player can go out there to a game of five on five and join all the dudes and just, you know, alley oop and shoot threes and you know lock everybody down in defense and and beat the you know beat the hell out of everybody. But you know, if you want to go over there and be a part of something, maybe be a little bit of an underdog to scrap a little bit and win some games, I respect that. And, and you know, listen, I know playing early is going to be a big part of it, too. I'm sure he's getting a good little NIL package. Um, but, but play, listen, he, if this kid thinks he can go to Auburn and play right away, play in his first year, why wouldn't he do that? Um, you know, go do that, and, and you know, because you're not guaranteed two snaps, much less, you know, three or four or five or or, or three years as a starter, um, Go get on the field as early as you can start doing what you can do.
1: Yeah, that's I, uh, I day know day. some Georgia fans may laugh at this, but I've said it on our board. I, I think Auburn and Hugh Freeze, with the transfer portal, with prospects being sold on this idea of being the change like Demarcus Riddick was, I, I will not be surprised if Auburn's a little squirrely here within the next couple years if they're able to put the pedal to the metal and really sign some dudes, whether it's out of the portal, flip some guys like Riddick. I know he was a in-state guy, but still, that's some, that's some good talent for uh, Hugh Freeze out there on the trail. So I won't be surprised, man. This is a very competitive league, a lot changing. Who knows what will happen with Bama and Nick Saban within the next couple of years. So don't count them out. Um, all right, yes, famous J1. Auburn does have a crystal, which is a very – Tough thing to turn down for a lot of people. I understand that. Uh, look, Look down. Are you wearing pants? I hope so. Are you wearing bird dogs? That is what you should be wearing. That's how you know you're wearing the right apparel on your lower half. Bird Dogs is partnered with On3 and Dogs HQ, the Georgia show, and Bark After Dark with the special promo offer. You can pick up some Uncle Bucks, some Forest Pumps, some Indianapolis Jones. Maybe Derek Baggins is more your speed. Birddogs.com, promo code dogs, D-A-W-G-S, will give you a free Yeti-style tumbler, just like this. I've been drinking out of it. Water tastes really good. Uh, And you too can own one at checkout, with birddogs.com backslash d a w g s or enter d a w g s at checkout. Bird dogs, they feel so good. They should. I, I don't even know why they're legal. They're good. They're good pants. Check them out. Um. All right. We had a uh, had a hearing on aliens today. I don't <laughs> know if y'all tune in for that or heard anything about it but I think Claude Felton was in control because we didn't really hear all that much. <laughs> didn't get any great juicy sound bites. No live streaming. Up. Yeah, no no live streaming. There was live streaming there. Um, but we heard about this, and I also heard a quote from Cole Kublick. and the way my brain works when I produce this show is I take two things that don't seem related, and I try to make them related. So here's what we're going to try to do. Cole Kublik told Unnecessary Roughness, the Barstool uh, college football show, that he was told by Kirby Smart that depth got so thin uh, at running back in the spring for Georgia that they actually had Brock Bowers taking some reps at running back. And I don't know if Kirby Smart was just messing with the Auburn guy, pulling his leg a little bit, but I would believe it. I would believe that Brock could at least handle his own back there. So that makes me ask y'all, who are the aliens like Brock Bowers on this Georgia football team that really could play a totally different position if called upon? It's been a while since you've had a guy like Tay Crowder totally change positions but still dominate and become a Mr. Irrelevant. Malcolm Mitchell starting off in the secondary and becoming a wideout. Georgia's stacked everywhere right now, but I'm curious, who do y'all think could, in a pinch – totally flip up what they do and still be a baller for the dogs this year
0: we'll go first because i'm gonna steal this one from jeremy i think malachi starks is the number one guy you you That for me about. too yeah i, I swear. mean malachi starks is like kj bold in my opinion i think malachi starks could be like a i mean if you flipped him over i don't i think he could probably be a thousand yard receiver if you wanted him to be put him in the right system and, and gave him the targets um i think he could be that good i think he could probably also play running back i mean he's a He's a special football player. Um, another guy that I would that I would also consider too, and this is kind of an off the board pick, Oscar Delp. Um, you know, Oscar Delp's always been like a really physical football player, really good athlete. I think he could probably flip over and play D end or outside linebacker um and, and kind of help you out some there if you really wanted him to. Uh, but those are the two that kind of stood out to me.
2: Um man, you stole my he stole my Malachi Starks. I definitely was going with Malachi Starks. I can go with, I'm gonna go with Brock Vandegriff. I think he could go and play safety. Just oh. he's—I mean, he's—he's he's an underrated athlete. You know, I watched him in high, high school a lot, and he ran through like there was a game. I want to say it was Marist, and there's a like a wall of defenders just waiting for him at the goal line, and he ran through them. Helmet popped off, he scored, and instead of being like you know doing the quarterback thing, going to celebrating with the team, he turned around and screamed in the guy's face. So I'm like, okay, there's some, there's some physicality there that, you know, doesn't get to get scratched a lot. I think he's one of those players that, you know, plays a little better when you hit him a little bit. So um, I would say Brock Vandergriff, safety, maybe linebacker. I'm gonna give you one more because I you know, this guy kind of reminds me of that as well. Lawson Lucky, tight end, freshman tight end. I think he can play linebacker as well. He's one of those dudes who says – I mean, he's he's wired a little different on game day. I'll say that much. Just a really nice guy in person, but you know, when those, when those lights come on, he becomes a different guy. So, any anybody wired like that, to me, can play the linebacker. Because
1: yeah, I can't always, wait to see Lucky play, man. I'm pumped He's really that. good. He's really um, good. I'm, I'm going to say Smile Munden can play tight end, and I think he's got kind of the frame for it. But then you saw in the SEC championship game that he just has a nose for the football no matter where it is, no matter where it needs to go. Uh, to play in Kirby Smart's defense, like I said, you got to know what you're doing. You got to be a heady player you got to do that to play tight end too. So I'm going to put Munden at uh at tight end and just see what happens. Hey, I've What's got another one for you that could happen, you know. I got
0: another little unicorn for you here. Uh What about Lab McConkie at cornerback?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he's got he's, that he, phone booth.
0: He's, he's a little smallish for a for a wide receiver at 5'11" 6 feet. Um not small for a cornerback though. And uh, I don't think anybody's doubting his speed. That he's got the speed to play it. He's he's kind of a twitchy dude. You know, he's not he's not tight. He's not stiff. I mean, I think I think Lad could probably you know be a serviceable cornerback if you ever really needed him to. And you know, let's be honest, there aren't a lot of guys with his pigment of skin that play cornerback. So <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, Lad could be a, you know Jason Seahorn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know how long he'd last out there. Uh, but you give it a shot. He's shifty and, you know, he's got game speed. And Famous J-1 says in Pimba at tied in. I don't know if he's got the hands. We'll have to see about that. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting. If y'all got a take on that, let us know. Uh, I think it's a pretty fun thing to talk about just because Georgia does have so many athletes, man. K.J. Bolden really makes you think about that, too. If he comes to Georgia, uh, the dogs are going to have to make some decisions on, on what they do and where they line them up. I want to know if you know with Jalen Carter gone, who are they working in that uh, that jumbo package? Because it mm. wasn't it Bear Alexander, and then he transferred. It was. Right? Yeah. It
0: was Bear Alexander got some fullback work. Um, man, that's a good question. Maybe Jordan Hall. You know, maybe Jordan. Uh, maybe Jordan Hall and John ja Jarrett. You know, getting a little
2: look there. Um, Would Michael Williams could be considered a? Jumbo <laughs> yeah, I don't know because he's not. He's see, big, but he's not big. See, before know? before
0: there was Jalen Carter and before there was Jordan Davis, there was Julian Rochester. Right. You know, oh, Julian yeah. Rochester was in there doing that same thing. and um, So, I think you got to be, like, you know, put together, like, big, like an offensive tackle type body for them to want to put you in there on the line of scrimmage. So, I don't maybe, know. That's, a, that's an interesting one.
2: Maybe they go offensive tackle and just – Put Amarius Mims out there sometimes, and put him in the backfield rather than and draw Monroe Freeland, Freeland or someone in there at, at tackle, and you know use Amarius Mims six eight. Well, they you know
0: they do have that kind of uh, they do have that deal going on right there at tackle where they've kind of got a three man thing yeah. going with Blasky and and Mims. Yeah, Blasky
1: and, could be pretty mean yeah, back and, here,
0: and you know Blasky and Mims. Another guy we consider maybe in that fullback role would be a guy like Jared Wilson, another offensive lineman. Because um, they put Clay Webb at fullback a couple years ago, Jared Wilson's kind of on the on the you know six two three ten three twenty side. Maybe he could also line up at fullback. Really good athlete as well.
1: I mean, this is a Mike Bobo offense, so he might just have an actual fullback uh, back there and and break the tradition.
0: Of I mean, bringing the big
1: guys back there. What are the All odds? Right, we,
0: uh, what are the odds we get out there during spring practice? And there is some no neck. Um, there's some no neck, you know, 5'11", 235 pound dude out there, just you know, already got a blue ring around his nose, <laughs> uh, because he's broken it a few times. I mean, it's 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 highly likely.
2: What's that? Is that one of the requirements to play fullback? Is no neck, that, dude. No dude. Your neck just goes yeah. away.
0: Yeah, yeah okay. like me, you gotta, your head's got to sit directly on your shoulders like mine does.
2: <laughs> I guess, that, I mean, if, you, if the neck was there, it would make you about six foot or six yeah. foot and one. That would make you a running back then, I guess. So, <laughs> sense.
1: Um, All right, guys, let's chop some wood. Let's show Jeremy how it's done, Ro. I'll start off. So I'm chopping wood tonight about the uh, Michigan Wolverines, man. And it, it seemed like – Michigan was on a lot of people's radar. I know Reese Davis was saying that Michigan was his preseason number one, and uh, maybe the Wolverines are the team that could knock Georgia off the pedestal. But I'm not blaming Harbaugh for what he did. I think the NCAA suspension is outrageous for a hamburger. But I will say this. I don't know that Michigan's going to be able to overcome that distraction. I think they'll win the games because it's – it's a pretty easy stretch there, but that's a pretty big bomb to drop right before the season starts, man. That's the kind of thing that can be a little pee under the mattress later on down the road. So I'm chopping wood and I'm saying that Michigan will not be the team that knocks Georgia off the pedestal. If a team even does it. And I'm not sure that they even had the best chance to do it before all this, but I think Michigan's out of the running, at least, uh, You know, for my money, I would probably take somebody else like Alabama or maybe Ohio State, but not Michigan. Yeah, I don't
0: like Michigan to do it either. I'm going out of sports altogether. Uh, Rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor. You know, listen, you probably wouldn't think a kid from deep south Georgia was a big Sinead O'Connor fan. I always have been. Uh, Pretty extensive knowledge of her catalog for, for, again, a redneck. Um, I, uh, you know, nothing compares that cover for Prince was awesome. Uh, but one of the, one song that I listen to, if I'm in the car for more than an hour and a half is Drink Before the War, um, by her. If you haven't, if you never listened to it, go check it out. It's an absolute banger. A uh, real sad day. Only 56 years old. Did a lot for Irish music, just in general. Um, very talented person. You can be really conflicted on her politics or whatever. That's not any concern to mine. She put out some really cool music, a really unique sound, and there was a lot of passion in it. You could tell that she had something to say, and she really meant it, and that that was pretty cool to me. So uh, sad day, man. Uh, gone before her time, and uh, don't know anything about cause of death, and hopefully it's not anything nefarious. Uh, but uh, Sinead O'Connor, she's awesome, and uh, I'm sad.
1: Very talented artist, no doubt. Uh, one, of, one of one, man. It wasn't anyone that had her kind of sound and – did what she did. All right, Jeremy, pick us up and bring us home.
2: Okay, I'm gonna chop some wood on the uh, schedule haters. You know, everybody I see reading, I read everywhere that Georgia's schedule is really easy, and you know they're gonna. It's a joke, and and I'm. I saw Kirby's comment about you know we'll come play it, you know, and I think that's a good that's a good way to put it because there's good football players on every team that they play, and the reason. Georgia's schedule appears to be easy is because Georgia has really good football players. So, you know, I play football, you know, I'm sure people all around the country have played football. You know that going out every day on, on any given day, you can lose to anyone. You know, there's strange things happening in football games. So if the expectations for Georgia to go undefeated, then that's because Georgia thinks they have a really good football team. And if you think that their schedule is not good, then that's because you think they have really good football players. So to me, there is no such thing as an easy schedule unless you make it look easy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the teams that are saying that Georgia's schedule is soft and they just ha- just so happen to be teams that Georgia's playing, I don't get that one. You can't, uh, you can't fault Georgia for not playing Georgia. Good job, Jeremy. Great debut. Jake Rowe, appreciate it, man. Y'all hit like and subscribe. Sign up over at dogshq.com for more premium information. Uh, like jeremy's piece today roe you got anything to tease
0: not that i'm aware
1: of um i, I know that
0: uh i know this is a big weekend as far as recruiting goes uh, i don't know that there's anything imminent coming out of it but keep your eye on Dawgs hq for anything any updates coming out of this weekend for pretty much the rest of the week because um this is the last tense george is going to get to host anybody for a month uh, until those things start the season i uh, also got some news over at dogs hq on nathaniel frazier uh big time running back number one running back in the on 300 um some some very georgia pertinent news from chad simmons come check us out
1: yeah anytime chad drops by it's usually good news these days y'all have a great week we'll catch you again sunday at eight thirty p.m right here on the georgia show on the dogs hq youtube channel see ya